Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. That was a killer speech, Jeff. I, I didn't say anything. I literally just walked up. I know. I made the speech for you. It hit all the right notes. I was trying to hang on to this moment because I was so afraid of the future. But then I realized all of this was once the future. And it was completely different from what I'd known before. And it was happening so fast. But in the end, or in the now, I guess, it turned out great. And just like ice cream, we've melted together and made a new... I just had to run the scenario to figure it out. Hey man, how you doing? Hello everyone. When I say hey man, I mean America is a collective, but also I guess the person sitting vertically of me on Zoom? Vertically? I, horizontally? I'm on top of you. Yes, vertically. Well, the way I see it, I'm on top of you, but either way is fine with me. How are you? I am, you know, doing dandy. How are you on this fine, fine, fine day, Zach? You know, I'm not doing too bad. We're coming at you just a couple of days after we recorded our season three roundtable. And whenever we do big social podcasts like that, I'm kind of reeling off of that still a little bit coming into this. And that mixed with kind of closing a chapter of community and starting a new one, both with a season with all the creatives and all the stuff going on behind the scenes. I feel rejuvenated. I feel like I have a little bit more energy towards this podcast than I did towards the end of season three, almost. You know, I, I, I think when you start a new school year, yes, there's always that little bit of like, maybe school's you know not going to suck this year. <laughs> Anything can happen. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. We're back at you for season four of Community. We've done, this is our 72nd episode of the show that we're covering. Happy 72, Zach. And after this one, we've got 38 left. Wow, we are we are in the. It's in gonna the happen faster than we think. It's gonna we're gonna spend like a little over three months on each season, and then it'll be done. Wowza! But it's not done yet, and I feel so excited about what we've got left to cover. 
Hi. Oh, sorry. I botched it. Botch oh. job. Hello. My name is Zach. I have season four Asia. Ooh. Ooh. I, I, the way I almost left the Zoom call and stopped recording. Hi, everyone. I'm Steven. And just happy first day of school, Zachy Poo. I like your first day of school outfit. You got your new backpack, two strap in it. Thank you. You know, you got your two strap freshly to show starched cool, and pressed but not pants. Too cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, of course, like to uh, wrap my backpack around my neck so it's just like a tiny little hand around yeah me. but that's more like an autoerotic asphyxiation type no exactly situation. it's good for me what's good for the goose is good for the gander you know what i mean speaking of autoerotic asphyxiation what really gets me and steven off is that there are people who support this show on a monetary level to help us move it forward and i want to start <laughs> off the program by shouting out our ten dollar and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, and for the first time this week, we've got Taylor Ace. So thank Taylor you to all Ace. those lovely Thanks, people. Taylor for joining the, joining, the, joining the family. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Mary Baker Budisa. I almost said yeah, mom. you just said it all again. Well, I mean, that wouldn't be improper. She is your mom. It's true. And, of course, we've got to shout out the person that is our dad, another person who supports this show in so many ways. We were so glad to have him last week on the roundtable at Communities on Twitter. They are the hub of the community fandom. If you want community content, if you want to know immediately whatever's going on with the cast or the show or whatever news there may be, that's the account to follow. So if you're not following it, do it. And he squeezed us out of his loins. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think that after spending some time with him this week, yeah. we've really grown closer to, to dear Dada. I agree. He only refuted us as his children a few a couple times. times. Yeah. He played into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. We're glad to have all those people behind us. If you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We do you can't disappoint show every week over there. Uh, amongst all sorts of things. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you hang out with us. Oh, yeah. Steven, what was the highlight for you off of our roundtable? What did you take away the most at the end of that conversation? I really appreciated that even though I had horror stories and seven spooky parts in my bottom five episodes, that it was not the worst take of the whole day because Alex had documentary filmmaking in his. Yeah, that was a big shock. That's like easy top 15 of the show. Well, look. Okay, so I'll segue that off of. Mm -hmm. I just posted on our Twitter. What's our Twitter, Steven, for anyone who uh, might know? Anyone who doesn't listen you to can't the, the show. Pod. At you can't disappod on Twitter. I just posted. Okay, so based off of that conversation, I know that Advanced Community Studies already does this, but Alex mentioned how he had ranked every episode of the show from worst to best. And mm -hmm. I thought... I kind of started off by doing that in season one, but I fell off after a while. Yeah. Uh, so I just sat down and did it over a day and, like, thought a little bit about each episode and ranked them from best to worst. And I posted on the Twitter my top 25 episodes of the first three seasons and my bottom 15 episodes of the first three seasons. Mm -hmm. And Intermediate Documentary, wait, no, Documentary Filmmaking Redux, mm -hmm. I think is in my top five. I think it was. You're, like, number five. I love that episode very much. Good times. And follow yep. us on Twitter. Uh, maybe I'll post more rankings. Maybe we'll talk Steven into doing it too. 
it's a possibility. I do love ranking and scoring things. It's pretty fun. It was, it gave me a little hoot and a half. I would give your list a solid three out of five stars. What was your just because of epidemiology? Um, I also there are a couple episodes that are really highly regarded that are not my favorites, such as. I like the chicken finger episode, but it's not in my top five. Okay. And maybe it's in my top 15. Okay. Well, sometimes I think now why that episode ranks so highly for me has a little bit to do with where in the series it was placed. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those episodes where it's a little bit late in season one, but one of those episodes where community becomes itself in a new way yeah. and and becomes the show that we love it as and it makes it a really important one. Sure. Anything happening with you in the last 2 3 days since we've spoken, buddy? Um, how's just how's been... the lady friend? Tell oh, us the she... love life, guys. It's it's <laughs> It's good. All is well. We're just getting ready for a competition next month uh in Washington DC. So that'll be fun. Uh my mom's going to I've never come heard of it. Is that like us. near Boise? It, it actually is on the Boise State um, football field. It's blue. Mm, um, Boise State. We're going to be out there. We're going to compete on uh, Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday maybe go around and see the city a little bit. She's never been. Cool. And I've only been once. Uh, I've and never my been. godfather lives cool. up there. So I think it'll be fun. A fun trip. Welcome to the program, everyone. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the television program community because, boy, do we have a lot to dive into today. We're talking about Season 4, Episode 1, History 101, but before we can even get to that, I feel like there's some stuff we gotta talk about. Uh, I've always known quite a bit about what went on Seasons 3 forward of Community behind the scenes because I was watching it Season 4 onwards, and I was following websites like the AV Club that would be posting news updates specific to Community quite frequently, so I'd be seeing all the time, like, Harm and fired, cast members trying to get him back. Just like every little mm -hmm. thing that happened on that show was a news story on this website. So I saw a lot of it. Uh, but now diving into it for this podcast, I feel like I'm seeing it a little bit more like as it happened. I feel like something that's been fun about doing this podcast and, and feeling in the very, very smallest way that we've been able to get closer to this show is yeah. seeing it as a workplace for these people. Mm -hmm. and, and and thinking about the day-to-day -day lives of all of the people who work to put community together and, and how much of a feat that was. So I feel like I'm starting to see what happened a little bit more uh, realistically rather than, like, glamorized. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Regardless, what happened? After season three, Dan Harmon, the series creator, was fired from the show. And the thing that comes to mind most that explains how important Dan Harmon is to this show is something Joel said in an interview about season four, where he said, there's some TV shows where the original creator, the showrunner, can move on to start new projects and the show can continue as it did because uh, the ethos of it is in the room that it's written in. But shows like Community, amongst others, Arrested Development is definitely yeah. one. Uh, Gilmore Girls is one. And that's an example of a show that lost its creator and tried to go on without it. There mm -hmm. are shows like that where the world of the show, the pop culture of the show, the dialogue and rhythm of the show is in that one person's head. And if yeah. you take that out of the equation, uh, it, it's a facsimile. It's a recreation. Even though Community 
and all shows were always built as a team and different people write different things. When the showrunner is that important to the show, if you take it away from the show, it's going to affect the show. Uh, Meanwhile, though, Dan Harmon was removed from the show for good reason. I feel like we've talked a little bit recently that it was kind of like a a Chevy or Dan kind of thing, and I don't think that's the situation really at all. I don't think Chevy leaving was a thing yet. He didn't say the the big word that got a lot of attention on the set until the middle of shooting season four, so that hasn't happened yet. It really has a lot more to do with Dan Harmon just being a hard person to work with. He was mm-hmm. so hyper-focused on the show, and he was also a bumbling alcoholic who was constantly drinking on set and, and yeah. drunk at work, uh, which you might think of a set of a TV show as like a fun, collaborative place, but it's But it's workplace. very much a serious work, yeah. And he was drinking on set, and writers who have homes and families were staying till 3 a.m., rewriting and rewriting and rewriting mm-hmm. episodes, and actors were doing the same on top of getting whatever lines they're about to film, like, as they're filming them, because it's constantly being rewritten. And on top of that, at the season three rap party, Dan Harmon, probably drunk, gets in front of the cast and crew. Uh, it, it's been no secret up to this point that Chevy has been hard to work with and that he didn't really like being there. So at this rap party, Dan gets in front of everyone on the microphone and says along the lines of, I'm the boss, so nobody's getting fired. On the count of three, everybody say, f*** you, Chevy, to Chevy who's in the room. To Chevy who, with his many faults, uh, feels very alienated from this cast and crew Mm -hmm. and like he's not very welcome here before anything. Well, and weren't his, like, wife and kid with him, too? I don't know. I can't. I don't know enough. To I say think for that's sure what that. uh, Papa said when yeah. he was talking about it. They all say "f you, Chevy," and everyone does. And be, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's everyone's having a party. The boss says to I don't know whatever. And Chevy's furious, and I think that mixed with the alcohol and with the overwhelming mm-hmm. workplace and the money that's being wasted on all the time that's being wasted. Yeah. Uh, Dan Harmon gets fired from the show, and is uh, which you would think. With the show that's struggling so much in the ratings, why would they do? Why wouldn't they cancel the show? Yeah, I think that I'm surprised. I mean, I guess though they saw how the internet kind how of passionate reacted the to when they tried to cancel sure. the first time, and they thought, okay, maybe if we bring it back with a new showrunner, the with show less will run of a better. liability. Sure, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but it's a big leap of faith for a show that I'm sure they were losing faith in all the time. They aired all three of the last three episodes last season on the same night. They clearly, this season that we're about to talk about was slated to premiere on, uh, I'm going to get yelled at by not knowing the date because it's a community thing. I think it was October 19th. Mm. And it ended up getting pushed back until like February. And the community cast, uh, it was one of the first pieces of season four we saw back then. The community cast put out this video where they were talking about how October 19th can be any day because it lives inside of us all the time. And it was kind of like our first sign of like community might be okay because they were doing this smart, Mm -hmm. uh, sarcastic thing about when the show is going to come out. So clearly the network didn't have a lot of faith in the show. So it's interesting how much trouble they went to to keep it going. This season of the show, they brought on two new showrunners, two people. Their names are David Guarasio and Moses Port. They co-created... Oh, the guys who wrote Game of Thrones, right? No. <laughs> they co-created a show called Aliens in America on the CW together that ran for one season. Uh, and I know nice. they have other credits, but I'll have to look deeper at another time to tell you for sure. 
and I've never heard a lot about what they what they actually did on the show because you yeah. hear a lot more about the the previous writers who stuck around for season four helping move things forward mm-hmm. uh and Dan's absence they don't I, I don't know a lot about what they did I'd love to interview someone and talk about yeah. these two guys and what they did bring to the show one of them was on the audio commentary for this episode we're about to dive into and it was kind of interesting the mm-hmm. audio commentary was weird vibes you could tell the the rooms was kind of crickets. Yeah. And Danny Pudi was being very professional and nice and positive and said just positive, silly things the whole time. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think I've said what I want to say. I think that's the majority of it. Dan Harmon has left that big creative force. We have these new guys in the mix. Along with Dan Harmon, a lot of the behind-the-scenes people, a lot of writers, directors left. Uh, I don't think it's because of Dan Harmon, but we no longer have the Russo brothers officially this season, Mm. uh, which is a big lose. We lose Dino, who is one of uh, the writers. Also, he's Starburns, who they just brought back to life. Uh, I don't know who else we lost, but we uh, we lost... Yes, we lost Neil Goldman and Garrett Donovan, who are writers and producers on the sh- executive producers on the show sorry we lost the writer and producer chris mckenna who's a big name on community yeah and we lost dino uh we lost the russos but later on mckenna uh dino and joe russo would return to work on season five mm. so a lot of things happen because of dan's leaving and then the people who are still here the cast and the creatives that stuck around have to put on a show yeah And that's a hard task, and that contextualizes what we're about to do and brings us to the present. We are here to discuss Season 4, Episode 1 of Community, History 101. It was directed by the great Tristram Shapiro, who has maybe the most directing credits of the entire series. His first episode was Contemporary American Poultry. Uh, Some other highlights, he did Messianic Myths and Ancient Peoples, he did Paradigms of Human Memory, he did Stephen's favorite horror fiction in Seven Spooky Steps, Uh, he did the Annie's Move episode, he did Regional Holiday Music, he did Pillows and Blankets, Virtual Systems Analysis, Uh, and then he did a lot of this season, and he directs in season five as well. And this one was written by a great writer, it was written by Andy Bobrow, Bobro, I've never been 100% sure on that, sorry Andy, he wrote basic rocket science before this mm-hmm. mixology certification great custody law and eastern european diplomacy not a favorite he wrote geography of global conflict and then ap- uh, he wrote pillows and blankets and then after this one he writes intro to knots this season and introduction to teaching next season and the episode originally aired on february 7th 2013 that's my aunt's birthday Congrats. is it really yeah shout out steven's aunt come on the show talk about it Let's talk about it. So, before we get into what we thought about the episode, let's do the stuff we gotta do, Steven. Let's do some trivia. Act trivia! I've got four for you this week. I have... Ooh, I, I got a fifth one in at the end, so nice. I'll start. Okay, go ahead. Um, What dance did the cleaning woman do on Pierce's glasses? Oh, man, of course you would ask this question. Mm-hmm. So I had to wear this old pair. The two that come to mind, I don't know if either are right. I think Cha-Cha... Is that right? Yes. Tell me, tell me if it's right. That is right? Yes. My other thought was the merengue. Ah, merengue is a fun one. That would have been a good dance to do on the glasses. Yes, cha-cha was correct. Nice. So I'm going to give that to myself because it was my first answer. Yeah, you should. How many additional thumbtacks are on the bulletin board in the beginning on, on Abed TV? Is it four? No, it's 12. Two. Oh, 12. Ah. 
your turn. How many tests of strength and agility are there in the Hunger Deans? That's one of my questions, and you almost worded it the same way that I did. 35. Nice. 35 is the answer. Why don't you give me one more, then, since you took one of mine? All right. What are the Deans' henchmen dressed as? Like, are they unicorns? They are unicorns, yeah. Okay. Uh, My next question for you is, in Abed TV, where does the Dean keep the school records? Inside of a big red, like, No, I'll give you a hint. He thought it was future-proof. Oh, in Microsoft Paint. Yeah. I kind of gave it away to you then, but... Yeah. I knew it was in there somewhere. Oh, that was... I forgot that wasn't real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, my next question. Greendale Babies, yes or no? (laughs) You know, the easy answer is no. Uh, we'll get to it later in the show. I I have some slight maybe to it, though. Mm, we were looking for no, but we can <laughs> elaborate more I on that I know people later, hate Greendale Babies. I don't love it, but there were a couple parts of it that made me laugh, and I'll get to that mm. when we get to it. Now, the Greendale Babies song is a f- no. Yeah. Big thumbs down to that. <laughs> I have one more question for you. What are the fake TV show pop-up ads in Abed TV? There's two. That's funny. So I had asked specifically about the second one. Okay. Starring Annie and Britta, entitled Blind slash Blonde. Yes. Um, but the Troy and Abed one was, oh, crap. What was it called? It was like Chefs with Swords or something like that. Or like the Sword Not close chefs enough to get it. It was American swords. Sword Cooks. Nice. Yeah. Funny stuff. Not to be confused with one of my favorite programs, American Sword Cucks. Yeah. Is that where, like, somebody uses someone else's sword in front of them, and the sword really likes it? You could describe it that way. <laughs> that is all of my questions. Well, that was a decent round. I think I did better than you. Yeah. Let's jump well, into Well, to be emails. fair, you only had one question that I didn't also have. That's not true. You had two? What are you talking about? The thumbtacks? Uh, the Microsoft Paint file and the oh, TV yeah. shows. But, well, I guess two and a half. Never mind. Men, 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 men. Is that show still on? Probably. <laughs> Season 27 of two and a half. They're all. <laughs> They're all men it's two now. and a half They're seniors three men. now. Yeah. yeah. They were three men before the show ended. But this isn't a two and a half men podcast. Let's move into what the good people wrote us in to help celebrate the start of season four with us. All right, I've got three emails today. Okay. Uh, to kick off season four, would have been nice if there were a fourth one. I don't. You get know it. who you are. Uh, hi guys, this one's from our 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 dear Dada. Um, that's what I call him. You should see uh, the pained face Stephen makes to say that that way. You <laughs> you stretched your face in a way. I did. It's yeah. a really tall A sound. Um, hi guys. I know History 101 gets a lot of flack for good reason, but they performed a table read of this live with Andy, and it went over really well. And Andy has maintained the version we got isn't the one he intended, although he's never really shared too much more than that. Ooh. Interesting. Drama. Troy is my MVP. He makes a lot of moments work, and you can see Gillian start to laugh when he tries to incept Abed. He's only followed by the Ding with that popcorn bit at his condo. Have a great one, guys. Communities, Matt. Interesting thoughts. Thanks, Pops. Um, trivia. 
Pierce's response to telling Troy and Abed wishes aren't real included two alternatives. What were they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. What told Jeff there was a problem with the history of ice cream before class? Garrett's Twitter crisis, crisis alert. alert. Yeah. Um, number three, what major in Abed TV required a tomfoolery prereq unless you were a woman? Antics. Antics 101. Yeah. Good class. That was I, I did like I the intag. I like let me rephrase that. Okay. I liked the beginning of the intag. Okay. Oh um, Lord, no. <laughs> Ugh. Classic. It's me, Britta. I know a man when I see one. <laughs> uh yeah uh the first one that we didn't know um pierce tells them to work hard or cast a spell okay i don't remember that line i don't remember that line at all but i guess thanks pops um, and then twitter and antics we got, we got it. the rest right next email yes classic nate hey buddy we got an email from our buddy nate How nate says here's the deal jessica beal the <laughs> first episode of season four is emotional for everyone I hereby therapize you to go to your happy place, seasons one through three and five through six, whenever you feel stressed. Aw. Hey guys, it's your boy Nate. Come at you with the perfect level of intoxicated to match level of gas leaked into this season. (laughs) Our boy Nate. I already (laughs) like it. I can tell that there's a loose structure to this email, and I'm all for it, Nathan. Uh, It matches our show. I like it. I won't lie. My brain tricks me into thinking this season is decent by disconnecting it from the former and future seasons in comparative terms. That's cool I only that hate this that, season yeah. when I think of it analytically because sure. I'm forced to compare. Fair enough. I'm not really sure how to view this first episode. On one hand, it's easy to watch and enjoy parts of, but on the other, it stuck out in my first watch-through of probably 30 that this season had a serious dip in creativity and that the characters, especially Abed, had regressed in certain traits to where they started in, like, season one. Abed may have I want to say the- real quick, I think I disagree with him on Abed specifically because Abed wasn't exactly... I think he did a lot of regressing in season three, and they redeemed it only so much, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of back to it, and even though it's frustrating, I think it kind of tracks with the thread that came before it, for me. Uh, Abed basically does uncontrollable Christmas in this episode, but we're only in his head for half the time. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Nate. That wasn't very um, cool uh, uh, Abed may have regressed further back in his life than the show ever showed us as an audience, but I digress. This episode starts off feeling like fan fiction immediately. It feels weird that the finale of season three has Jeff focusing more on his schoolwork than ever before, and then the group is somewhat upset that he's taken that to a new level. It may be weird initially that Jeff took summer classes, but what would be weirder is for him to give up his growth as a student that was realized in the previous consecutive episode. Um, it is a logical step for him to want to get out as soon as possible, as most do, including myself as a junior in college, when they get closer to their senior year. It makes even more sense due to him already having a career in his chosen field that was cut off. I don't like the Dean's acceptance of nearly everything became stupidity and or greed throughout this season. MVP is Jeff because he kept the most character development in this episode, but that feels like picking the best of the worst. <laughs> Thank you for your analysis, Great Nate. Thoughts, I agree with a lot of stuff you did that you it said for there. us. I think we can go home early. 27-minute yeah. podcast today. Nailed it. Classic Nate. God. Uh, trivia. Might have been What's Nate. different according to Abed? There's 12 additional thumbtacks. Yes. Didn't even have to finish the question. Yeah. How many study group members dressed hipster in total? 
Alba Abed. Five? Because Jeff didn't have glasses on. He does later. Oh, that's fair. If you're just going off that scene, okay, five. Yeah. But I think it's six. Um, What secondary characters are shown during Abed's happy place theme? Um, I don't know. Unless you include Chang and the Dean. I think he might be meaning, like, who do we see in the backgrounds of those shots? And I don't know. Mm. Um... Who is the Dean dressed as when he shows up? Leonardo the, DiCaprio. Oh, well, there's a couple different ones, though, because he's in the duality Dean of Man costume. That's true. But, yeah. What imaginary show do Troy and Abed host? American uh, Sword American Cooks. American Sword Cooks, yes. Not to uh, be confused. What does the big poster to the right of the bulletin board say in the study room? I was not paying attention to stuff like that in this episode yeah, at all. I'm sorry. Um, and then what was the original prank plan for the Dean? Was it the stapler to... thing where they move everything on his desk? No, originally it was just to have walked around in his office so he feels oh, like maybe true. someone was here. That was first. Okay, trivia answers. First one, you nailed it. 12 additional thumbtacks. Uh, second one, everyone but Abed in study group, so six, but Neil can be seen wearing Jeff's hipster glasses later as well. Number three, who was in the Happy Place theme? Chang, the Dean, and if you so choose, Annie's boobs. Oh, sure, uh, okay. Number four, Leonardo DiCaprio but... and Aviator. Number five, American Sword Cooks. Number six, the bulletin board or the poster next to the bulletin board said, "Learn the skills you need to survive in today's corporate environment." Greendale Community College. Um, and number seven, move everything, but the stapler makes it seem like someone moved to the stapler. But Zach, you technically are correct, because that, that did come first. Classic Zach. Sent from my iPhone. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. All right, and then we have one more email Bring it today. on. This one is from our good old pal, Peep Review. Hi. What's up, guys? I'm going into this without seeing the episode, so this will be interesting, LOL. Zach says it's his least favorite, and then the emoji that's like... <laughs> nobody um, can I will see take that. Fred this is an audio podcast, so nobody be any day. L O L. Agreed. Fred Willard. It's your penis. His delivery of. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a little uh, touch twinge of sadness when Fred Willard was reading the Coffins magazine. Yeah, I also uh, every time I watch the I think you should leave episode mm, when with he's Fred the Willard, organ guy. Yeah. Toot, toot. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Truly, we reference it all the time and often don't call out that that's what we're referencing. If you haven't watched I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Watch it. Spend, a, it would take you like an hour and a half or less to watch each season of the show. And there's only mm-hmm. two and it's hilarious. And you'll know right away whether you like it or you don't. Yeah. I feel like I can understand why it's, why it would be not somebody's favorite well, it's show. all the it's a sketch comedy show but it's very much the comedic intuition of one performer mm-hmm. and it's almost like he is not in any way similar to eric andre but i think no. it's a cool i think it's a it's a good comparison to make where eric andre has such a dynamic energy that you can find it off-putting yeah but like, i am not a huge you, fan i'm of not eric a huge andre fan show. either but i'm willing to give him a chance mm-hmm. uh and well no i kind of like the eric andre show maybe i do like eric andre I haven't watched a ton, but uh, if you like that type of thing, you tend to really, really like it. So check mm-hmm. out I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. It's really, really funny. It's really, really, really good. good. Uh, <laughs> Sloppy steaks. Slop them up. What did Troy wish for last year that came true? 
uh, the Doritos, Locos, Tacos, Taco and, and Bin, Bin Laden. Laden. But Obama mm-hmm. got blamed for both of them. Yeah. Or got uh, recognition. <laughs> what show banners pop up during Abed TV? That would be American, American Sword, Sword Cooks, Cooks and, and Bl- Blind Slash Blonde. Yes. Um, and what is Craig Pelton's apartment number? I have no idea. Jeff's is 204. So would it be 203? I don't remember if it was or not, but it might be. Oh, wait. Is it 202? Isn't there a podcast called Apartment 202? No, there's Apartment 303, and that's uh, Troy and Abbott's apartment. Ah. Idiot. Do you watch the show, Steven? We'll find out. We'll find out pretty soon. Um, Okay, that's all I got. That episode was weird than this face. Nobody can see that. Wait. Thanks for the emails, everyone. Watch this episode. No, they... they hadn't seen it before. Oh, it was a first time watch, and they were. We watched I it see. once last night, and I watched it again this morning without them. So they were like writing the email as they were watching the episode for the first mm. time. And I think season the end of season three was the first time Lily hadn't really seen quite a few of the episodes that we've gotten wow. to. Yeah, um, sent from Dean Pelton's Peloton. You know nice. he has to have one. He wants to see the trainers. Nice. The Dean would That's absolutely really bankrupt thought. himself That's funny. Yeah. buying a Peloton. You know how expensive those are? They're, like, really expensive. But I feel like everyone who has one loves it, and I kind of get it. I could see why that would be the piece of workout equipment to have. Sure. Because you can personalize it in so many ways. I want to get the mirror that, like, you walk up to it, and it's like, hey, you fat <laughs> Exercise. I've seen that. It's an SNL skit, right? Oh, is that a real thing? That's a real thing. Well, they did an SNL skit about it that was really That's funny. That's funny. I want to get Mac from It's Always Sunny's version of the Peloton. Oh, no. That's a lot. Well, let's move on. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I was just going to go on a rant about how I don't like the movie Burn After Reading. (laughs) Let's move on to our next segment. It's time, everyone, to, to move on into one of my favorite segments of this podcast and we're gonna see how season four changes this segment i want to add an addendum to your challenge oh for season four okay you're not allowed to groan you have to like tell the story of the episode oh no you're not allowed to be like so this happens and it really sucks and this happens and it really sucks just for season four. i normally do that no but i think it'd be easy with season four to be like, so this happens and I hate it. You know, Zach, I mean? if you think that when I do this, I have the mental like capacity to do any more or okay. less we'll than I do already. We'll see. Okay. It's an addendum. It's not a, a hard rule. I just want to try to keep as many segments of this season of the podcast positive as possible. You know, Zach, I think you're projecting. I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Our trivia was positive. Except for the babies. <laughs> it's Fair time to find that. out, Fair everyone. Enough. You did Steven watch did, the episode? Did Steven, 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 Steven. Watch, 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 watch. The, 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 the. Jesus Christ, buddy. So, 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 so. This, 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 this. Week, week. Am I doing it from a cave? No, but I am. Am, am, all right, buddy, you've got 20 seconds. Do you feel ready? You know, I was watching the episode, and I was like, there's a lot of things to say. And none of it is a story. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how this goes. I think All it'll right. start strong and finish poorly. 20 seconds on the clock for the first time in season four. Three, two, one, go. 
First day of school, last first day of school. Jeff wants to graduate early, so he needs to take the history class, but the history of ice cream class was overbooked because somebody hacked and made fake things. So the dean hosts Hunger Games, and you have to win these balls through challenges to get it. So Jeff really wants to win, but everyone else is like, no, let's stay friends. Um, Troy and Britter dating. Abed has a fake world. There's Greendale babies, and they're awful. Stuff. Fair enough, Zach. Fair enough. You know, I just did one of the emojis that Steven acted out earlier. Uh, you know, what I would say is that would have been a pretty good summation mm -hmm. if you had added in something about, like, Abed spinning out over everything sure. changing. That yeah. was really the only thing that was missing for me until mm -hmm. the end when you yourself spun out. Yeah, so I did. I, and I said it would start the, strong and then end poorly. But I think most of it was pretty strong. Oh, thank if you, you. had just been able to fit one or two things in it. So you know, I've think, gotten that critique several times. <laughs> well, I think we're going to start <laughs> off the season for you, uh, you know, higher than the episode. I think we're going to start it with a B minus. Thank you, Zachary. I think that's a firm but fair ruling. And let's move into a firm but fair summation of what our favorite funny moments from this week's episode, History 101, was. I've got two. I'll mention them first. Uh, I, I've always, even from the very first time I watched this episode, this was the first episode of Community that I watched like as a new episode as it aired because I caught up on the mm. first three seasons before yeah. season four started. And I was so nervous of if it was going to be still good or not. And I was so excited for new Community that I got to watch like as it aired. And I have always thought that the Dean going to... That's really funny. In the way that he's like on the security camera and he's like going... Spinning around. Yeah, too. <laughs> I've always thought that's really funny. And the other one was something that we've mentioned already. Choi's line about last time I wished for Bin Laden and the Doritos mm -hmm. taco, but Obama got credit for both of them. I thought that was a really funny line. I had a few too that I thought made me laugh. Um, when Pierce says wishes aren't real, Troy makes a really funny face. Um, that was good. I think the coffins, uh, was funny. Um, I feel like you're stretching here. Oh, oh, I know. I, I was trying to remember what, cause I just wrote yeah. in quotes and ladies, but it's when Dean was like, gentlemen and ladies. That was kind of funny. Cause Dean only cares. About I don't, Jeff. I don't know if I thought that one was funny. But I'm um, with you. and then the one that was also really funny that communities mentioned earlier was at the end when, Jeff was like, you smell like the floor of a movie theater. Not and for the he was regular like, Yeah, reasons. not for the normal reasons. Yeah, that was funny. As you see, there's a big gap in time in the episode between things I thought was funny. And, and it's no longer like, this part was so classic. Now it's like, yeah, I liked this line. Yeah. And with that, let's talk a little bit before we dive into the episode. Uh, what we thought about History 101. They had a lot on their plates. They had a lot to do for this episode. So I do think... It's only fair to see it from that perspective and think about what they were trying to do here and all of the things that were stacked up against them. But this episode sucks. It's not the worst episode we've covered. Yes, it is. What are you talking about? What's worse than this? You think the Schmitty episode is worse than this? Yes. The... Uh, <laughs> I think the Celebrity Impressionist episode is worse than this. I think that one I, I it could be close. Hulk, Jeff? Come on. I just disagree with you, though. 
Uh, now, I do have positives from this episode. I do yeah. have things that I will call out. So I don't want anyone to go into this thinking that it's going to be totally negative because I have a lot of things that I like about season four. But boy, am I going to talk about the things that do not work for me. Um, I think the episode starts pretty strong. I do too. We'll talk through it in a second, but I think there's some good misdirection in the beginning of the episode that is good meta commentary on them being ahead of the curve on what we might think about the episode before it even happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone thinks the show's going to suck, so they start off the episode by making it like what if community sucked? And I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. Uh, and I think some of the setup in the beginning is funny, but then when we get into the Hunger Deans thing, I think that is the worst thing the community has done so far, to where it literally feels like when we on this podcast rewrite community by saying, let's throw in a paintball, they literally yeah. said, let's throw in a Hunger Games. There mm-hmm. was no... For no reason. There was nothing. There was no... And the episode didn't even focus on it in any way. It... it it just was And in not the end, it was necessary. literally for nothing. And there are a handful of scenes in this episode that I think are horrendous. Yeah. Uh, this episode, I almost actively dislike Troy. Yeah, I and was really... Not to thing. spoil anything, but I was really surprised the community said Troy was their MVP. And that's coming from somebody who picked Troy as MVP eight, eight times, times last, last season. season. I think yeah. you picked him the episode before this. Uh, well, you know, let's get into it. Do you have any other overall thoughts that you want to say? Uh, give me something that worked for you. I thought that the Dean was funny, or at <laughs> least that I liked the Dean for just about the whole episode. And now give me something that did not work for you. Greendale Babies. Okay, let's get into the episode. There are a few things that I hate more in this world than weird-looking baby Pierce <laughs> bouncing on boobs, baby talking. That part was pretty funny. <laughs> Steven, we need to stop making faces in this podcast. <laughs> Nobody can Just see watch your the video. disdain. They... So the episode starts with Troy and Abed walking into the study room, saying Troy and Abed back from summer immediately for me. Uh, Donald Glover's appearance is really jarring in this season. Yeah, he has money and fame to exercise now. His hair is really short. He looked like he looks great, but he no mm-hmm. longer looks like Troy. All of a sudden, this season, and it's not pro- it's probably not entirely Donald's fault, but it feels a lot more like Donald Glover as Troy instead of mm-hmm. Troy to me. And maybe a little bit that way with all of the characters. But I think especially Troy, because of his appearance, it stuck out to me. Yeah. You know what I will say? So this is a little segue. The jacket that Abed has on, I really, really like it. And Aziz Ansari wore something super similar in an episode of Master of None, but it was gray. And I went online to try and find that jacket. More expensive than you'd hope. That's always the case. There's like a website where you can look up costumes from t or like clothing from Mm -hmm. tv so you can buy them and they're always hundreds of dollars if not more so this opening bit there's a laugh track they're presenting community as if it's a uh four camera sitcom and everyone faces forward you know like they're facing the camera at all times there's this runner bit that everyone coming back from school after summer has gotten into hipster glasses and they all are put off by it as they walk in and see that everyone else is wearing hipster glasses. 
Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think it's funny or, or do you think I it's... think that it is funny because it's not funny, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I like what they're doing here. I think that was a, like a smart, very community, like well-written joke situation going on. To be ahead of the curve and know that people yeah. are going to be already predisposed to not liking whatever they do. Here's one of my biggest complaints about season four. It's trying, and we're not to that point yet, but the thing that I find myself most frustrated with is that often the show at this point is trying so hard to remind us that it's community and like remember when community did this, that it's not adding enough new stuff to the lexicon Mm -hmm. and it's not like being community. Instead, it's like... So this time it works for me when they're like, no, remember, we're still really weird and we're still going to do all the yeah. stuff you love. But a few episodes from now, it's like, oh, but remember, we're still weird. It's almost like, I hate to make this comparison. It's almost like how the Big Bang Theory is a show about nerds and not yeah. for nerds. It's exactly. written by the people who made fun of nerds and not by the nerds. This mm-hmm. feels like it's being written for community nerds instead of like written by the people who created the community nerds totally and that's my biggest complaint for most of season four one thing i do like though about this episode i don't have too much of a problem with how they made abed tv or the laugh track sitcom version of community a part of the episode i don't really hate what's going on with abed that much in this episode and it's a clever way for them to connect it and keep it going throughout the episode, I think. I didn't. You know what I will say? I think I would have liked this episode at least a little bit better if instead of stopping with, like, the Laugh Track sitcom and going to the community or the Greendale Babies, if they had just stuck with that the whole time and done the same sort of thing. Maybe fleshed it out just a little bit more. Yeah, and like kept going with it, like act like just had it be split between yeah. the real world and this. Yeah, I think that it would have worked a lot better for me. You would have gotten more Fred Willard. Well, that's a great, great segue. Uh, Fred Willard shows up, and he is playing Pierce in the laugh track version of Community, which I think is really funny. I think it's maybe one of the it's best things really about funny. this episode. Yeah. Fred Willard and God rest his soul. Like you know, it's always even before he passed, he's always such a pleasant person to have on and the screen he's of so a comedy likeable. show. He's so likable. He doesn't really even do anything in this episode, but it's another community making a joke about itself. Uh, they said on the commentary that I think when this season started, part of the conversation, all the behind-the-scenes stuff was happening, and I think we heard a little bit about it before the show aired, but not a lot. And I mm-hmm. think some people went into this premiere not sure if Chevy was back or not. Yeah. And this kind of stretches that out a little bit, and the answer on if Chevy is back or not is kind of <laughs> yeah but i would have been almost fine if they just recasted pierce's fred willard. that would be hilarious but the joke ends up being that uh pierce fred willard pierce is wearing the hipster glasses and that ruins it for everyone so they all take him off and mm-hmm. move along on their first day of school and abed even in the laugh track sitcom is aware that he's in a sitcom and he like shakes his head and and laughs at the situation yeah and then fades out of his imagination to him being therapized by Britta. I actually really liked this exchange too. The whole mm-hmm. Britta saying, did you go to a babbling brook? And then Abed saying, well, I took some creative liberties and I think fans of babbling brook would would have <laughs> issues with it. I don't know. I thought this was a nice little character exchange. 
Yeah. It felt very in character. And they're hammering in right away in the real world that even though it's a community college and I don't think there's really a such thing as a senior year, this no. is these main characters minus Pierce's fourth year at Greendale, ideally the year that they're all hoping to graduate, which yeah. is becoming difficult for for Abed because this has become such a place of comfort and stability for him over the last three years. And he's uh, all being threatened with losing it almost as soon as it's become this comfortable. Well, we know that Abed doesn't always do very well with change. Right. I mean, look and... at him when daylight savings time happened. I mean, that's how I felt. I'm still not quite adjusted to it being <laughs> an hour earlier. When it gets yeah. dark at like 4.30 or 5 o'clock, I am... Oh, it's depressing. Yeah, I'm like tired so early. We've gone to bed at like 10 o'clock sometimes. Wow. Anyway... Annie and Troy show up on the scene for their first appearance of the season. I liked, uh, what was, it? they're all getting ready for the first day of school, and Annie found her lucky notebook, and, and Troy found his lucky charm. Yeah, that was funny. And eats funny. a lucky charm cute. marshmallow I thought he found on the floor. Uh, that was funny. I don't think it's that Donald Glover's doing any less good of a job. I think he... No. I think he knew what was going on with the show. I think he probably wasn't as engaged with it because the content maybe wasn't as good to him. I don't know. Do you think that's Well, yeah, thing? and I also think Troy just in this episode is written differently than he was in season three. We just talked last week on the roundtable about how solid the development of Troy from season one to three, and then in five is. Yeah. And this episode says, f*** all that. And all of a sudden, Troy is like a kid. And he's mm-hmm. uh, he does... He lives life however Abed makes him or however Abed tells mm-hmm. him to. Or We'll get into that a little bit later, but I really dislike how this episode handles Troy. Because oh, God. You know, there's a scene that so I... so much development. Go ahead. That I've seen twice this morning already, Zach, and that we're going to have to watch again yeah. that is one of the most uncomfortable... Yes. And, like... Unfunny. Yeah. It's just not fun for anyone involved. You know that scene in the... Oh, we'll talk about it later. Never mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll get I'll to save it. it. We'll get to it. Abed, uh, everyone's like excited about their last first day of school, but the finality of it is, is throwing Abed into a spiral. And Britta gave Abed permission whenever he's uncomfortable to go into this happy place that he's created for himself, this babbling brook. Britta, you know, not really doing bad therapy here. She's saying mm-hmm. like, think of something calming that you can put yourself into for a second, but she mm-hmm. can't not consider that Abed gets lost in his mind all the time and telling him to hole up in there can be an issue. And he does. He holds up and we get Abed's laugh track sitcom version of the community theme song. This isn't, like, abhorrent, but it's not really my favorite thing, this little sequence, either. No. I mean, they they, they did the job right. I do like a couple of the shots. The Darkest Timeline one is funny, and Mm -hmm. the Dean one is pretty funny. It is very sitcom-y, but... I don't know. There's so much of the man, what they didn't want us to see community as. There's so much of it in this episode as a joke that it gets annoying. Yeah, it's a lot. After the fake theme song, it zooms out, and Abed is just happy and kind of, I don't know, drugged. Abed is really like catatonic or what? I don't know what the word is. He's really like in like comatose almost this entire episode. Yeah. He's very much, like, removed from what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Later on, the study group is walking down the hallway getting ready for class to... I don't know. 
They're talking about how they can't believe there's a class called the history of ice cream. It's the they're first... excited that they're they're in it. They're about to go to class the... and start. Oh, okay, okay. It's the first day of school. They don't know yet that they're not. At... They just assume that they got in the class because everybody that's there assumes, right? Shirley shows up. They have an exciting seniors moment. Chevy shows up. Is this his first sighting in the episode? Yeah. This is the first we see of Pierce. He just runs up and uh, is left out of the group hug from the group, and then they all move forward together. Let's do Chevy Watch. Let's talk about Pierce in this episode. He's there a couple times. Yeah. He tries to make a joke. Pierce is it, it was kind of funny that he couldn't think of a ball joke, maybe no, like the it first isn't. time it, it's funny. that they said it, and then they said it 18 more times. Yeah. It's funny when he says, like, ha, ha, ha. That, no, no, no. I'll think of it. Yeah. Like, the very first time. But Pierce's subplot this episode is trying to come up with the right joke about balls yep and then the punchline is gay balls and that's chevy watch for this week (laughs) check that off your list at home you know you can't i don't know it's the behavior on set adds to less pierce in the script but yeah. you can't be mad at Chevy for having problems with how they portray his character because it's awful and they barely portray him. Yeah, he's he does not have a lot to do, which... And what they give him to do is usually offensive. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, they would talk about on commentaries in the earlier seasons that Chevy also hated it when his character had, like, sweet a emotional lot, moments, too. Yeah. So I mean, what do you? I'm not. He I'm not trying to, to, to defend Chevy Chase, but I like playing uh, instrument. I like learning all of the background on some of the stuff. How mm-hmm. how it all bubbled over. Yeah. Uh, something that works for me in this episode, I think, across the board, is Annie and Shirley. Yeah. The only thing I, I don't no really like of Annie is when she says, "Okay, Shirley or Jeff or whoever." Because this season does a bad job of, whether you like Annie and Jeff as a pairing or not, this season deduces Annie to only caring about Jeff, and that's the only thing about her character, and that's a mistake. Uh, so I well, didn't the thing like that is, line. she's like gotten past that twice now, so I don't know why we keep going back to, well, Annie's just pining over Jeff, and that's like all her thoughts Without all like the something time. to happen to spur mm-hmm. it on, that kind of thing. So I didn't like the Jeff line, but other than that, I liked Annie and Shirley's pairing up. Uh, minus Pierce, I guess this episode does an okay job of giving everyone something to do. Yeah. I mean, I guess Troy and Britta have, like, the fountain, but that's it. It's right. one scene. Uh, Troy and Abed here are discussing the fountain and how they have a first day of school uh, tradition to make wishes at a fountain. That's pretty lame for the show. That seems like something a more sitcom sitcom would do. Yeah, like, like I Abed get that Troy and Abed do like some childlike things. But they things. would be like playing Lord of the Rings or something. You know, they wouldn't be tossing a jar children. of children. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh I don't know. Pierce gets a line here. It's not funny. I feel like Chevy is slurring a lot of lines. Mhm. I feel like he just isn't trying. Uh Danny in the commentary said a lot of this episode Danny spends sitting down. And Pierce is next to him a lot of those times. And he said yeah. almost all the times you see Danny, there's a Pierce like substitute sitting next to him. Wow. Unless it's like a shot of Chevy. He said mm-hmm. it was all like he was never there. That's wild. 
Because he had so little to do. So, like, at least be there for that. They all think that Jeff is late as they're walking towards the class, but that's not what's happening at all. Jeff is already in this classroom for History of Ice Cream that has a crowd gathered around it, and it's revealed that this ridiculous class, I do think it's, I haven't mentioned, I think it is kind of funny in pretty quintessential community that they're fighting for a spot for a class called History of Ice Cream. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, Jeff got there early, and he is trying to reserve spots for them. I also like the bit here, apparently this is a, a... Jeff improv or uh, Joel improv. He wasn't supposed to be wearing these glasses in this shot. He made up the like having them on and taking them off when he sees Britta wearing mm-hmm. them and giving them to Neil. I thought that was funny. Yeah. He has seats for all the study group and they assume that they're in the class still. They don't know exactly what's happened yet. Uh, Jeff delivers a line that I do not like. His line where he says, Don't you read Garrett's Twitter feed? He gave a crisis alert about it talking about the ice cream class that's one of those lines that feels like community being like hey remember community instead yeah. of like making garrett be there doing something funny exactly they're like remember like even garrett if he was like did you see alert? garrett's post funny. and he pulls up a video of garrett doing it that i could buy at least i feel like any there was no need for crisis alert to be it's just a callback for a callback's sake that's fair you think that Garrett in the universe has made Crisis Alert his thing when it was just something that he had to say at the at the UN thing as yeah. like an announcement? You know what I mean? Garrett doesn't give a fuck about Crisis well, Alert. Well, and also Garrett's not in this class, so why would he be tweeting about it? I might be wrong. I don't think Garrett's in much of this season. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's not in this episode. Mm-mm. Jeff made a flyer for Instagram for besties to get girls to save seats in this classroom. Um, I don't, I don't really have a lot to say about that. <laughs> I think you said all there is to it, Zach. <laughs> Sending girls away? Could this be a new Jeff Winger? Let's talk about Jeff for a second. Nate liked Jeff's development in this episode off of last season what do you think about Jeff in this episode? His I like Jeff episode. in this episode. I think I Jeff is coming from a good place. And I like it when Jeff is just a good guy. When I like Jeff, I really like Jeff. Same, which makes me really, really dislike Jeff when I really dislike mm-hmm. him. Uh, yeah, I like Jeff in this episode. I think I get why certain members of the study group are upset that he wouldn't just just wait out the rest of the year to spend with them. But I don't think him finishing his schooling on time or early is selfish in any way or uh, like an act versus the study group in any way. I think totally. He's, I think he's in the right. He's just trying to like get back to his job, his career that he had. I think that it's really selfish of the study group to have any sort of issue with that. All right, Stephen, we've been waiting for a, a, over a year to talk about the pairing of Choi and Britta. They've ever so lightly, and sometimes a little more than lightly, uh, uh, given an idea that there's something brewing between them without saying much other than that one time they went out for lunch together. Mm -hmm. And here it is. It's season four. They're officially dating. They walk in holding hands. Uh, uh, Jeff comments on it, which I I thought it was nice that Jeff commented on the relationship and it wasn't from any place of like disdain that it was kind of like oh look at you guys 
and he's asked if it's progressed, and Britta has trouble, like, saying exactly what it is, and, and Shirley has a cute little good luck Troy line. I, I thought this was a That funny was funny. Well, because Britta's, like, it's progressing, aggressive, and Britta's, like, and Shirley, who knows how awful Britta, like, unbearable Britta can be, was like, ooh, good luck, Troy. I thought that was really funny. But we've been waiting for so long to discuss the relationship of the century. We got it. And Troy and Britta, job. this episode, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, well, as much as I love Troy and Britta, and of all the, like, ships in this show, this is my favorite one. Um, I feel like they really built it up really nicely last season, and I was really excited for it. And then we get to season four, and it's here, and it's happening, and everything they do with it in this episode is Other than good. this interaction. Yeah, the first one's fine. And oh, then... I also like when, uh, oh wait, never mind, never mind. After I watched this episode, the beginning of the next episode played, and there's a funny bit in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this episode, botch yeah, job. they did botch it. There's some funny Leonard stuff in this episode. He is mad that the study group gets to come in and take seats when he's been here peeing in a jar for a whole hour. <laughs> Leonard's an old man. He probably has to pee about every six and a half minutes. Yeah. There are certain shots where under the desk you can see a jar of piss under Leonard's desk. Oh, that's great. The dean comes in to settle what's going on and and to uh, make an announcement. I don't know if it's my favorite line, but it is kind of telling that the dean shows up dressed up as himself, that it can't be something too zany or else he would have shown up as like an ice cream yeah. owner, as like an ice cream maiden with an ice cream cart or something. <laughs> he comes to announce that Greendale's registration has been hacked. Uh, someone hacked into the supply closet <laughs> and made these fake history of ice cream vouchers that he handed out to that were handed out to all these people. So there has to be another way to figure out who gets the seats in this class. And then we get uh, one of the bits that I really like in this episode when the dean really dramatically and performatively leads everyone to uh, the other room to the cafeteria to see how he's decided this is all gonna play out. Uh, the dean like guiding them with his hand like kind of <laughs> kind of like a flight attendant or something or like a tour guide a flight attendant he, <laughs> you know flight attendant zach who's never been on a plane Leading clearly does not know what a flight attendant the, actually the does <laughs> uh, the way he's like spins and guides them with his hand and uh the two is all very funny but mm-hmm. then season four begins yep I think this is the truly the part of the episode where it starts to just dive. Not that there aren't other positives after this, but this is certainly the beginning. The Dean goes behind a curtain to change into a costume, and everything about this is too over the top. It 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 this is where it starts to become less of the Dean is uh, a flamboyant man who likes to dress up in costumes yeah. to where it kind of feels like gay joke territory and mm-hmm. kind of like uh, over-the-top gay joke territory uh, to where it's kind of like laughing at the Dean instead of us kind of feeling for the Dean. I don't know. I dislike all of it. It's way over the top. Uh, the the men dress as unicorns are so pointless and don't need to be there. Yeah. It, it's totally unlike things in the past of like the the Dalmatian costume people. Show yeah, up. it's totally different. He's got a whole chariot and this dress, and uh, he announces the Hunger Deans, and we're not going to spend too much time on this. It's thirty-five tests of strength and agility to determine 
Uh, well, each test, if you win, you get a red ball. It's almost, it's not funny, but it's almost funny that what they win to constitute points are ball gags that you yeah. can tell are not counterfeit because they've been used enough times to have the Dean's bite mark on them already. Mm-hmm. He didn't put them on there for this situation, even though he like mimics doing it. Yeah, Those balls are very well gagged. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are all these tests. Whoever wins a test gets a ball. There's 35 balls, 35 spots in the class. And most of the study group decides immediately like, well, f*** that. I don't want to do that. Which, in Dan Harmon's community, this would have been the episode. It wouldn't have been the Hunger yeah. Games. But the episode would have been everyone being like, okay, we've got to fi- figure out this situation and work as a team. Exactly. But that's not really the point of this episode. Uh, the point is more that Jeff is really dedicated to getting into this kind of blow-off history class because it's the only history class that he uh, needs because he took extra classes online and after he gets this history credit. And also the only history class Greendale is giving this year is history of ice <laughs> cream. history of and ice cream. And he has to have this class or else he's stuck at Greendale past this semester or this year or whatever. And that spirals Abed, who was kind of back to himself a little bit, even further, because not only is this coming to an end, uh, part of it is coming to an end faster than he thought it was. Yeah, and I, I guess that in any like now switches, she's no longer in love with Jeff. She's mad at him because he saved them seats. But I think it's for because. Himself. But I think it's because she's mad. I think it's it tracks because I think she's mad that Jeff is leaving early. She's not she's mad because she has the feelings for Jeff or because she wants Jeff to stick around. I still just don't get why they would be mad at him for trying to let them take a class together. Yeah, it I is mean, a, it is a stretch, but I don't think that's a uh, a season 4ism. I think that's something community's done before. Well, I don't like it regardless. For them to kind of flip on a dime on each other at any time. Mhm. Troy's ready to go make wishes in the fountain, but Abed is happy in his happy place in his mind and suggests that Troy and Britta do it together. Uh, the F-I-N-E versus F-Y-N-E fine thing was a Troy and Abed bit that felt like 65% there. Yeah, it was like kind of cute, but that's it. Yeah. It would have been funnier if it was like, are you F-I-N-E, not fine, or F-Y-N-E, Ralph Fine, or something like that. You know, they could have played off of Ralph it, done Fine. Something. Oh, Ralph like, Fines. Oh. The actor. I don't know. It's a pop culture reference. They throw in a paintball. If they threw in a throw paintball, paintball. it would have been way better. Yeah. So Annie thinks that Jeff is back to his old ways because the end of season three was all about how Jeff has changed and has cared about other people more than he cares about himself. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he cannot care about himself or have personal goals. I think yeah. Jeff does grow a lot. I think he has grown a lot. And I think one of the things that season four as a whole gets right is that Jeff grows and that he is growing. Yeah, I also don't totally understand why Pierce decides to stay with Abed. It doesn't really come up. Because they don't want to give Pierce a subplot, I think. Ah, Just to make Chevy have a couple more lines in the episode but not have to make him walk around or say too yeah. much. We get another Abed TV bit where Abed is stressing while the rest of the study group is looking at uh, magazines full of future jobs because they're all like, well, we can't stay in Greendale forever. But if Community was a laugh track sitcom, it could run for 12 seasons and they probably mm-hmm. could stay at Greendale for forever. Uh, meanwhile, Pierce, <laughs> Fred Willard is Pierce is looking at that Coffins magazine. Uh, am I looking at the wrong one? Is it bad that... I think that the the laugh track sitcom segments of the episode 
are a little bit better than the not laugh tracks. No, it, I think they absolutely are better than the not laugh track. And I they feel did like it's, too good a job at making it still feel like community a little bit with a laugh track. Like some of the jokes yeah. are like similar jokes, and that was the issue because I enjoy these parts of the episode much more than when they're in the real world. Yeah, and it's weird because they're doing this framing device with the sitcoms to show community as a heightened version of itself, but then the Hunger Dean stuff feels so silly and cartoony that it doesn't mirror well with what they're doing on Abed's side of things. I feel like it's a little too ridiculous. Totally. Because I feel like they're doing this laugh track thing to say, oh, we're better than this type of show, so we would but never do this. what kind of show are you if you're doing yeah. this other stuff? Exactly. Uh, and in Abed's imagination, though, the dean comes in to give away that they've lost all of their transcripts, so now they just have to repeat the first three years of Greendale, which, Jesus. Yeah, the Microsoft Paint bit is funny. Um, about he has a joke the, about our extended warranty is not being yeah. honored by the restaurant that used to be Circuit City. That's funny, too. Mm-hmm. So in Abed's mind, this can all go on for forever. He's going to stay in there for forever if he doesn't have to, to think about people leaving. They've never really left, and it's sad. It really is kind of sad. Yeah. And, like, that's a hard thing. Like, we've talked about it before. It's hard when, like, your friends move on, if, like, your friends with people who are older and they graduate. Sure. Like, it's a tough thing. But like they come to the realization, like they've come to the realization of before, they are friends outside of Greendale. Yes. We, we figured that out last They'll season. They'll still see each other. But, you know. All the time. Maybe even yeah. at Greendale. Yes. Back to the Hunger Deans. You said you like the Dean saying gentlemen and ladies, but it's kind of that whole like. Oh, I'll say I chuckled at it the first time. Gratuitous but not... gay jokes. Yeah, sure. I don't think it's ever been that the dean just really likes dudes. No, it's it's more complicated. He, he than that. might exclusively like dudes, but it's never been that he's just like horny for all the guys. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff specifically, and like occasionally a couple other people, and the, just yeah. everything about the hunger deans bit. I I don't have anything good to say about it. The dean sets up a challenge about getting a ball in the sky. I I really I hate this so much. I, more than anything the show has ever done, the Hunger Dean stuff is awful. I do like that Jeff punches Leonard Jeff punches in the face. Leonard. The return of Annie Kim Maybe in this episode is kind of Annie strange, but that's a nice like uh, uh, yeah. cut of a back thing. And then we get Pierce sitting next to Abed on the table as Abed's kind of zoning out. And Pierce is set to, gui- uh, to guard the balls that Jeff is earning. And he sits there trying to make a joke about Jeff being so hungry for balls. It's going to come up again later, but I just am filled with rage about it now. Why the f*** did they CGI the balls on the table at one point? They yeah. couldn't just set seven balls they, down they on a goddamn table? They probably filmed the shot and didn't realize that there weren't balls on the table and must have been like, well, there has to be balls on the table when they're at editing. Like, just CGI in some flat, <laughs> non-dimensional some balls. Yikes. Back in Abed TV, you know, I almost didn't even pay attention to some of the scenes in Abed TV because I was focusing on the little pop-up show ads uh, yeah. for American Sword Cooks and later Blind Blonde. I always think stuff like that is funny. The Simpsons, 30 Rock are shows that do stuff like that a lot. Mm-hmm. When you get to kind of make fun of your network, like within yeah. the show that you're doing, I think that's always kind of nice. They take this to a really far degree in the end of season five. I don't know if you remember that at all, but they literally just make fun of NBC and like all of the stupid shows that they're bringing on instead of community. It's really funny. Nice. 
we then go to where, you know, I, I Shirley and Annie, which I like that combo. I especially liked it in the, um, was it the, where they were like cops? I was like campus cops, like detectives this or whatever. This scene, honestly, of them in the dean's office, I like this scene. This Yeah, I do too. Something it's funny. That, get, that season four gets right is that at certain moments, it feels like... It feels like a later season if Community had stayed how it was in season one, mm-hmm. where it's a little more grounded, it's a little bit more about the school, it's a little yeah. bit more realistic, and a little bit more bright and sunny. Uh, this this scene feels like it could have come out of a season one episode. Definitely. Annie comes in to prank the dean's office, but doesn't really have a lot of expertise in that kind of thing, so thinks just having walked into the office will be a prank. Really funny. Uh, but Shirley wants to do something more crazy, which is literally an offshoot of something that happened in season one when she uh, did shit to Slater's office. So Shirley's yeah, I, predisposed to be like, no, we're here. We're going to f*** some shit up. This episode feels like they, like you said, it feels like when we re- rewrite an episode of Community, and we're like, we'll do this and this again. And they I do. don't know if I feel that bad about this one because that's kind of a deep cut. I don't know. I don't think that that's that deep a cut that Shirley went overboard on the pranks and like filled her, wanted to fill her office with something. Okay, and then well she then, goes and fills the okay, Dean's car. Okay, well then counterpoint though, would we, if this was Dan Harmon's community, if we weren't thinking that hard about what makes this different, I don't think it would bother us. It wouldn't feel like something they've done again. It would feel like building off of things we know about this character for a subplot. Maybe because it makes sense that Shirley would do that. And they don't pair these characters off that often. And it's been a long time since that episode. Sure. I'll take it. I like this scene. I like Annie in this scene. I think Alison Breed does a great job of salvaging her material in this episode. Especially Mm -hmm. in this scene. This scene isn't super funny, but she makes it really funny. With her impression of the Dean, and when she's waltzing around looking for the keys. The fact that she's able to figure out that he hides the keys in a a drawer is way too oversimplified of finding his keys and just, like, knowing where they would be. But because she so confidently walks around as the Dean, it's pretty funny. So they look for his keys because Shirley wants to fill the Dean's car with popcorn. It's a shame that we never got to see a car full of popcorn. Yeah, we at least got to see a car with being filled with popcorn kernels. Yeah, it started to pop. You know what I learned? You know the life hack that I learned? Popcorn bags, when you take them out of the microwave, turn them upside down, and the little slit that's already there in the top, all of the kernels that are left will fall out and keep all of the popped ones. Ah, Just I like it the around kernels. a little bit. You like the kernels? Yeah, I eat the kernels. Well, you know what? That's what I, that's why I'm so excited and positive about continuing to dive into season four because it has kernels of great classic community, and I like the kernels. Yeah, I like kernels. They're all buttery and hot. Burn the shit out of you because they like were about to pop. So you go right to the kernels. It's not like after you've eaten. Oh, the popcorn. I get rid of all the popcorn and I just I like <laughs> leave my popcorn in there like six like, seconds. Is there a life hack where you can make it just keep the kernels and get rid of the the gross? Sometimes I just ones? open up the bag and have at it. Jeff, why does he run into the dean's office? He, he leaves in the middle of the time sensitive tournament. Why does to he come need to show be there? them that he's participating in the time sensitive tournament? Yeah. And then he runs to Pierce and Abed to give them the ball. Why he probably missed like 15 games. Why couldn't he just have like said that to them? Why did he need to be in that scene? Well, he, he had to go show them, Zach. 
Why did not he need to do them. that? No, no, no. He had to go show them on the second ball, not the first, but the All second right. ball that we he We get won. a one-two punch of some great moments in this episode. First, we get Pierce uh, gargling over balls again, and mm-hmm. then we get an adorable scene of our new favorite couple in television history, Choi and Britta. Look, watching this episode for the first time when it came out, there were things in it that made me feel a little more confident in Community and New Hands, but two things made me feel like this show was not what it used to be and won't be anymore. One of them is The Hunger Deans. It showed me that this community will not pull off an homage the same way that they could before, and I think that tracks. They do it better a few times in this season, but they don't do it in the way that everything's so well-rounded like it used to be in seasons two and three and one. Uh, And the other thing that showed me was this scene, Troy and Britta at the fountain. Well, and before we dive too far into this, mostly I just want to put it off. If season two of Community had done The Hunger Games... They would have done it. They would have had different like sections in the school will be but the, the different districts. But the whole point districts. is that community knows better than to reference yeah. something. It'd be like community doing a Twilight episode. It'd be so yeah. lame because mm-hmm. they're referencing something now mm-hmm. instead yeah. of making like a mishmash of all of the great action movies or all of the great mafia movies. It's literally just the Hunger Games. And yeah. what they do in the episode has nothing to do with the Hunger Games. No. The Hunger Games has nothing to do with competing in challenges like that. It's true. It's literally just the logo and like the Dean's costume, kind of. Kind of. And even that is a big reach saying that that's. Yeah. Okay, we can't put it off. We've got to keep barreling through. The fountain scene is so uncomfortable. Britta and Troy are two characters that previous to this, especially last season, are so Mm -hmm. funny pretty much no matter what they're doing, even in less good storylines. The fact that Gillian and Donald are both so painfully unfunny in this scene, oh, it just hurts. It just hurts, Steven. It hurts. Very few things disappoint me in this episode as much as this because I just expect so much. Why was that so bad? He said it three more times. I got skills. I got skills. Was that on purpose? Uh, they take a wish together, and obviously Troy wishes for more wishes. And Britta as you doesn't, should. Right, as you should. And Britta as doesn't wish for more wishes. Uh, and and Troy tells her how stupid she is about that. Uh, this part isn't the where The coins aren't the wishes. Too bad. The coins aren't the wishes. The wishes are the wishes. Troy wishes for Britta to have more wishes. They talk about the rules of wishes. You know, there's always like the monkey's paw situation where you can't mm-hmm. wish for certain things or else it'll go it'll go wrong. The one line I like about this, when Troy is talking about like you end all wars, look at everything you'll uh, get rid of. Star Wars, storage wars. wars. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that was funny. What, and honestly, I'm fine with it until they get in the damn fountain. Britta steps into the fountain. Well, there's so Just many Just reach things. over and grab it, Britta. There are so many things I don't like about this. First of all, this entire storyline or this bit of wishing in a fountain, how cutesy it is without being cute at all, is so of a show lesser than Community. It doesn't feel like Community at all. And also, nothing is more indicative for me of how much of the Troy character development we're losing is him saying stuff like, 
well, Abed's rules are that you can't do this. And if Abed yeah. says you can't do this, it has to be done this way. That's so different from the Troy who last season was able to tell Abed that, like, you're being a dick and you're wrong mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it, it's 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 ba- and the fact that the scene is so awkward and unfunny is bad enough. But then there's some stuff to dig into underneath it that I also don't really like. Yeah. They end up wrestling in the fountain together. It's supposed to be funny and cute, and they do some of the Troy things that are always funny and reliable, like when they're like, oh, why are you you doing this? And like, oh, why does it feel good? And stuff like that that typically would be really, really funny, but it just isn't. And meanwhile, this fountain set looks bad as shit. Well, it doesn't look like a fountain. And for some reason, they like... It looks like like a natural cove of water. Please do not feed the turtles. There's a sign. What the f*** is this? We've seen this outdoor area of Greendale before. Well, and and you know what is also like... And I don't know if this is an editing or a directing or shot composition. I don't know what this is. Why do they like... I hate when they just like keep cutting to like different unfunny poses. It's a different... Like, how long were they doing that? Far too long. Yeah. Why is the Shirley and Annie putting popcorn in the Dean's car storyline probably the best overall thing that happens in this episode? I disagree. I think... I think the idea... Because you can't can't count Jeff if you don't count the Hunger Deans. Right, and I agree with that. I think what's going on with Abed isn't that bad. I sure, think sure. him being holed up in his brain because of what Britta said. And but the even, Greendale babies, Zach, you can't. And I don't think that it. I don't think that's bad enough because I even like the idea of even in his sitcom happy place that care. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to it in a second. We'll talk about it a little. Because bit Because if it was supposed to be Muppet Babies, why weren't they Muppets? Why but was it weird hand drawn? No, it's because it's inspired by Muppet Babies. They can't just do Muppet Babies. Ah. Uh. Uh, can't they <laughs> they just did a paintball oh, man so Shirley and Annie are kind of arguing over Jeff while they're trying to heat up the popcorn in the Dean's car and this is again these scenes feel kind of season one for me I like but like a future like if season two and three had been more adjacent to season one this idea of yeah. Annie talking about being a hospital administrator and how she is working towards those goals, but she's having so much fun and such worthwhile memories are being made at Greendale that she kind of dreads graduating just to get a boring job, even if she's going to start making money and stuff. I think that's a conflict that makes sense to me. I wish they would have gone into that a little bit further because it makes Mm -hmm. sense that Annie, like Abed, is trying to keep all of this together because she is also uncertain of her future. Even if it's a, a, a well-guaranteed future, she might not have as much fun as she's having now. And again, we've been grouping Shirley into all of this because we're like, oh, well, you know what? Shirley and Annie in this episode, not too bad. But now that we're analyzing it, it's not Shirley at all. Shirley gets very, very little to nope. do in this she's episode. she's there. She's there. Annie, Allison Breed does a great job in her parts of this episode. And Shirley is just there to sound off of it and to say lines to feed annie's bits right like, well and shirley just says this isn't a conversation is it yeah which is funny but it's uh she deserves better and you would think maybe new creators come into the show they would think shirley yeah. is underutilized let's do better uh okay now we're back to the hunger deans troy is jousting or sorry jeff is jousting with neil and knocks him off and gets a ball and 
Then he's doing a thing with some weights, and he gets a ball. I like how, like, when he's doing... He's, like, holding a weight on his neck with cinder blocks, and the goal is to get to the Dean and, like, tap on his leg to tap yeah. into the thing. That was kind of funny. Pierce is still getting balls. Honestly, of the whole Hunger, Ga- Hunger Game sequence, this, like, quick mashup of all the different tasks is probably my least, least favorite part. Yeah. But what's about to come is my most least favorite part. And it probably bothers you more than it bothers me. Well, let's talk about it because it kind of starts here. Jeff gets the high in the sky ball that we heard about a little bit later, and it's dramatic and it's I don't I don't know. I just I don't like the characterization of the Dean in this episode. I don't like the no. costumes. I don't like the way that he acts. Jim Rash is so funny that he sells it. He delivers the lines the the right way. But the best parts of the Dean are the Abed TV bits, and then in the hallway at the end of the episode. Uh, well, and if you're going to do this character as the Dean, you need to do it in like an extravagant, like way over the top way visually too, but he's just wearing a dress yes, and not one that's anything like from the movie. So and I get you don't want to blow the whole budget on one of those dresses, then don't do this, you know? <laughs> just don't if do it. If they're trying to save money this season, yeah. Uh, so and we're not going to talk about the unicorns that have like checkerboard blue boy shorts and what look like party hats around their wrists you can see so much of their naked bodies on this and like you said like the dean's thing wasn't hot guys it's dalmatians jeff and troy sometimes he's shown other guy interest in other guys but it is it's clear that he's not really that interested in women but he's never like ooh, look at all the men you know yeah it's it's this it, it feels like they are misunderstanding the core of the dean's character Mm mm-hmm and, okay, so this part I don't like. Uh, the Dean says Jeff's trying to be a hero by getting all these balls for his whole group and is considering disqualifying him. Uh, Jeff challenges that by saying the Dean just doesn't want Jeff to graduate, and the Dean uh, refutes that, but that's probably what's going on here, right? So the Dean announces the next test. Did he say uh, he was going to disqualify Jeff? Well, maybe not disqualify specifically. I, I'm I'm riffing. Can I riff? Uh, Can I riff? But he, he, I think, is considering trying to disadvantage Jeff in some way or another. Mm-hmm. But he announces the tango competition, and Jeff, the part where Annie Kim comes up and says, let's put water under the bridge and dance together was a really weird moment. Yeah, don't get that either. Maybe she's like, well, like Jeff is winning trying, all these. Annie Kim isn't this character that they think she is. Like, she was in that one episode for a mm-hmm. second. I don't know. Uh, Jeff is able to get the Dean's favor back by picking the Dean for his dance partner. And then there's a, what I don't like starts here. There's a way too long scene of the two of them dancing. It's, it's really long. Way too sexualized. It almost makes me embarrassed. Well, you've for never what done Jim the Rash tango, do. Zach. I understand that the tango I'm, I'm is kidding. sexy. It's, <laughs> it's over-sexualized. It's really... This season does too much with, like, uh, Jeff and the Dean. Uh, Yeah. uh, I don't know. It makes me a little uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable for Jim Rash and Joel McHale, the actors, that they had to do some of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, The only good thing—and it takes so long, and all they do is, like, discuss the logistics of Jeff graduating for, like, two and a half minutes. It's true. It's not a great scene. I'm just fucking with you. I appreciate that there's, like, some Some dancing. dancing. There is some, like— 
not extravagant, but Joel's not a dancer, and they dance well for like a there while. There are a couple real episode. tango things in there, and a couple not real, but some of it's real. You can tell that they probably had someone on set who knew enough to give them simplified things that they could do that look good mm-hmm. for the show. Back to Abed TV. There's this freshman mixer. And basically, it's uh, a food fight has come out, and Jeff almost got to hook up with some girls, and 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 Pierce Fred Willard makes a penis joke to Jeff that's kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, again, it's just uh, Abed secluding himself from what's going on in the real world in this comfort TV zone because in the real world, I guess if you strip it past the ridiculousness of the situation, the real world for him is still darker because everything is coming to an end and Jeff mm-hmm. is winning more of these balls, so it's looking like it really is going to be the end that he thinks it is. After after Abed spirals for a second, Jeff and the Dean, again, they're dancing. The only good thing I can say about this scene that lasts way too long is Jim, Jim Rash's back. body. Yeah. His arms, Insane his back, arms his and legs. Back. He looks good. Honestly, Jim Rash. Look at that neck muscle. Yeah. Honestly, Jim Rash what? Can get it? Well, I was going to say, like, in terms of dancing, he's using a lot of the right muscles. It doesn't surprise me that Joel might be someone who does a lot more brute force working out. And Mm -hmm. Jim, I'm sure, does. He clearly does. But he would also do a lot more... Uh, like dexterity, not and just the show muscles. And yeah, like he probably he might do some yoga. He might do a lot of like biking. He he probably has a Peloton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scene is no. really uncomfortable. The dean and they did it a little bit before this season, but just like they make Annie her only characteristic is Jeff. It's kind of the dean and his only characteristic mm-hmm. is Jeff, and that's not really what I like the most about the dean character. Uh, it's just Jeff trying to save face to get another ball to get the ice cream class. It's all so ridiculous. There's so many layers of ridiculousness to this, and it goes on nice spin, forever. Jeff. It goes on so long, and then like you think the dance is over, uh, and they take a picture, and then the like music changes, and the scene keeps going for a while as yeah. Jeff gets his next ball. I do like Leonard and Annie Kim doing the tango, and then that was Neil funny. Annie Vicky Kim like kicking up too. her legs. Yeah, that's funny. Jeff comes up, gives another ball to Pierce, notices something's going wrong with Abed, and asks Pierce what's going on. And Pierce just looks like Abed. <laughs> <laughs> He's only been focusing on the balls. And then Abed is back into Abed TV, where there's now this red ball shaped uh, safe. That this metaphor is stupid. That, yeah. that has their records on the inside and they're getting closer to cracking the safe and Abed's trying to get rid of the safe and even in his happy place, all of a sudden everything's changing and everyone's leaving. So he goes deeper into the happy place and we get the highlight by far of this week's episode, which is mm-hmm. Greendale Dale Babies. Babies. Okay, Steven, tell me everything that you hate about this. I hate the animation style. I hate the way they look and sound. I hate everything about it. It's kind of like, you know, they were at the beginning of the episode. Let's make people see, oh, what if community sucked? Because people are so scared that it's going to suck now. Then now, 16 minutes into the episode, they're like, hold my whatever. Let's show you what it would be like. Hold my community room temperature breast milk. I'm going to dive. Steven's drink of choice whenever we record. You can't disappoint a podcast. It keeps me sharp and on my toes. It makes me a little sleepy afterwards. Another line I didn't like that feels like community putting a hat on a hat is when 
uh, Shirley says, is he in his make-believe land type thing? And no, yeah. dreamatorium. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feels like community being like, remember all the things we've done before? We do too. Here it is. Yeah. I At this point in the episode, I'm about done. I was having some anxiety about all the changes this year, so I told him about this. And so they're like, let me explain everything that everyone who's watching already knows. Well, no, that – I think we're – I think certain things were going a little too heavy, and there's nothing wrong with that Brita line right there. No, there's something wrong with that Brita line, Zach. Let me have this. But we have done things like this before, and Troy's delivery here is off when he's like, in his mind, he's like over the top. The Brita's line is fine, but the black man talks, and that line. The whites are doing great this week. Uh, My MVP is the. (laughs) You're like Annie and Brita really holding it down. Uh, uh, no, I, I, they've done before the, you let Abed get trapped in his mind. That feels a little weird, but, uh, but Britta catching everyone in the study group who's just gotten around this table up to speed with what happened between her and Abed isn't bad. Did you freeze? (laughs) Did Steven freeze? (laughs) No, he didn't. He just doesn't have shit to say because I'm right again. Zach, uh, we don't have time for this. The last competition to win a red ball begins in one minute. Yeah, so Jeff has to it's make a decision. It's now or never for the study they're, group. They're trying to help out Abed. They're trying to figure out what's going on with Abed, and Jeff suddenly has a decision to make. Does he go for the class, or does he go for his friends? He already has six balls. Just give one to everyone who's not Pierce and go on with your lives. Like, it's fine. None uh, of this wait. needs to be happening. Or like, or like, who has the history credits that they need? Britta? Okay, then how about everyone that needs this history credit goes? Yeah. Or like you said, Pierce, obviously, because he's just there for shits and the giggles at this point. <laughs> yeah, but Jeff has a decision to make. Is he going to be new Jeff or old Jeff? And he does decide new Jeff and decides to stay and help. Not at first, though, because Annie does say, you kind of... We were wrong. We're not going to think you're selfish. Go do your thing. But what Abed needs to be fixed, I guess, is for Jeff to give up on his career Well, and for everyone to hold hands. There we go. They're all holding hands. We get an above-head shot of them holding hands at these two tables. And the CGI red balls, oh my god! I mean, I can see the blur around the outside of them. They're fuzzy. And you can just see they're in like, like 240p. Uh, Shirley and Annie's hands on that table are in such a different dimension than yeah. the balls. Ugh. It looks like the table has that as a design on the table. And, oh, then, and then you see then the you hand see go a over it. Put hands over it, and they just like kind of go through the ball. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they all join hands. Troy's like, I know something that can might work, and he just like. Ugh. And tries to, like, incept Abed. Mm-hmm. I think there are some good writer's room things in this episode of how to clean all this mess up by doing – by getting Abed yeah. to go into his happy place and to tell himself the things he needs to hear to be able to snap out of this. If anything, you could consider that a little bit of progress for Abed. Sure. He's able to snap himself out of it. Because, uh, it, it, like, what else are they going to do, right? I will say the one thing about the Greendale babies that I – slightly enjoys the, the really creepy speech. no no oh, no i like the, the uh it's fine the uh the human being that's sitting on the floor in the oh. playroom that's kind of terrifyingly fun 
I like I like this segment of the Greendale Babies where they're talking about all the things that they could go out there and do if they see the world. I think it's funny that Baby Pierce just babbles and thinks about titties all the time. He's I also think in a funny. hamster cage or something. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I like that. I think it's silly. If they had done Greendale Babies as like a little like YouTube or web like couple of minute video cartoons, I would have watched them. I might have watched the first one and then hated it, then never watched another they one. They did something like this with Letter Kenny. There's like little I remember Kenny that, exists. that are cartoons, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like that Jeff's speech is in Abed's head. We'll get to it in a second. Before he can get that, I don't know. Before Abed can make that up in his head, he needs Jeff to be in the circle with the rest of them first. Well, and also I'm. I am confusion, Zach, yeah. because so Jeff comes and he yeah. makes the speech in fake world. Yeah. But he's there in real world. But they yeah. show him talking in the real world, but he wasn't talking in the real world. He just came and held their hands. No, they show him talking in baby world. Baby no, wait, Bill. just keep watching. And Zach, then it's, they show him but talking. But it's in laugh track sitcom world. No, no, no. Are you sure? I am 100% sure, Zach. I watched the episode. Didn't you hear my B minus review? Well, I mean, I'll agree with you that there was a point where I kind of like. So the this Jeff is speech. in this fake is in the world. sitcom world. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed the Jeff speech, but you are right that I was just like there is too much zaniness being thrown at me that I can't catch all of it. I yeah, can't. like it's a fine winger speech, but it's not like the best one he's ever given. Yeah, we get the blind. And I stopped paying here. attention because I was looking at blind blonde, which is kind Marathon of funny. I like the idea. Yeah, that's of that. funny. And I like, uh, I like here, both nurses. when Jeff's giving all ideas uh, about what they could do after they leave Greendale. Maybe we could all move into the same apartment building after Pierce dies. Which if Community funny. got a seventh season, that might have been what it was. Yeah. Uh, even if we go somewhere, we're not going anywhere. That's a good a, a good scene. Mm-hmm. Or that's a good line that works in several ways, both to Abed in the situation and to the audience, that even if community's going through these changes, even if this episode wasn't the best example of it, like even as the show goes through these changes, community's still going to be community. And it was nice to hear that from them, even if I don't think they know what they're saying. Well, maybe he doesn't talk in real world. Yeah. You, Steven. We get out of the sitcom and they're all just holding hands, and everyone's just sitting there, like willing well towards Abed. And then Abed's just like, Great job, Jeff. And Jeff didn't say anything. Yeah, what did you think? You thought it was so bad that he did say something and then said that he didn't say anything? I did, but only because the the last time I watched this, I was only half paying attention to that part, and I thought it was the same outfit because the shirt's a similar color. I, I also, see now that it was not the same shirt. I also think it's kind of funny that once Abed gets out of his head and goes back to the real world, then Jeff is inspired to actually say something, but Abed's like, we're good. You don't yeah. need to say anything. I kind of did it in my head. We got it. I also like the line, the fountain was so stupid, but when Cho- uh, Abed says, I'm sorry I missed the fountain, Troy and Britta say they made up a new rule, no rules. I just like the way Abed goes, we can discuss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Leonard steals their balls, so they're not getting into the history of ice but cream. But I will also say, uh, when they first come out of the Inception, the balls are on the table, and they still are kind of gathered around it. So how would so Leonard would have had to get the balls? Well, the after balls they were never incepted. on the table. Leonard put a two-dimensional decoy of the oh, balls on the table. But the balls were just on the table in three dimensions only moments ago. Zach, F- you, Stephen. <laughs> 
So they're not going to history. I will cream. find the continuity errors in this season. Jeff's not there. There's none. It's flawless. There's not going to be. Uh, Does we uh, have a list for this? There's not going to for things that you've said. <laughs> <laughs> for, Probably for all the continuity errors in all of Community. They're not going to have the history of ice cream class. They're not going to get that history class. So Jeff is going to be stuck at Greendale further. Dot dot dot. We cut to not the end tag, but one of two things at the end of this episode that are like setting up the rest of the season kind of mm-hmm. the first is that it's revealed i like this scene a lot the dean do is too. outside of jeff's apartment and just starts talking about how they are going to have a history class uh because they literally have to because if they don't they're going to lose a shit ton of money great i like yeah. the dean's lines about smelling like a movie theater floor is that what it was yeah. The floor of a movie theater. I like these lines of like, I've had the worst day. Someone moved my stapler. That was really <laughs> funny. Uh, and he's upset about everything to happen. And it feels like the Dean has now snapped out of all the Dean weirdness from the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I so, so desperately wish they hadn't done the Hunger Games thing. This episode would have been a lot easier to swallow without it. Well, it just wasn't necessary. And mm-hmm. like you said, it had nothing to do with the games they were playing. Mm. He could have been like, it's a game show, or like, it's yeah. American Glass. Like, I don't know. It feels like they had to, it feels like they felt like they had to reference something current at the time as mm-hmm. like a ratings grab. And communi- And I remember when this episode came out, there were commercials that like hyped up that it was like a yeah. Hunger Games episode. And that's just so dumb. Community doesn't need to do that. Uh, but they're going to take another history class. I like how Jeff isn't immediately like, what are you doing in my apartment building? That he just <laughs> listens to the dean, and then the dean goes over to a door and unlocks it. Uh, Jeff thinks he's breaking into a condo nearby, but he's not. The dean is moving in next door to him, and I like his line when he's like, "We could drink some wine," and uh, I've got wine, and I've got uh, friends with benefits. No subtext. I like that when he takes the keys out of his pocket, a bunch of popcorn falls out. That, that is was really also funny. a funny bit. Because that means that the Dean like got in his popcorn car and drove it home instead of getting the popcorn out of the car and then driving. He just got in. He was in amongst the kernels. The thing that sucks, if season four is going to be a slightly more traditional, sitcom-y, uh, bright and sunny version of Community, they pretty much never, ever again mention that the, the Dean lives there now. Yeah. It's mentioned like once the whole rest of the season, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a funny sitcom shenanigans. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be so hilarious. It wouldn't have been the best thing Community had ever done, but they could have made some stuff that was really funny with that. Well, because you could have had like every time Jeff tries to bring a girl home or something, the Dean is like, they're waiting. I'd and, much like, rather that or... type of the Dean and Jeff thing than the Dean in a dress rubbing his hands all over Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got one more tease, and that's Boo. a man at the postal service. He's, like, emptying one of those outdoor things full of mail to to take to mail land. I dislike this so much more. And we than... get our first glimpse of Chang for the season. Last we left Chang, he tried to blow up the school, and then he wasn't present for the last episode. We imagine he's maybe got arrested, that he's off and hiding. We do get that little glimpse that he was hiding out in City mm-hmm. College. Uh, instead of there being any ramifications for him trying to murder a bunch of people, uh, Chang walks up to the postal service guy, gives him a crumpled up note. He's naked, I didn't mention. Chang's mm-hmm. naked, which just feels like an unnecessary hangover reference, honestly. Uh, Ken Jong is naked in a lot of stuff, I yeah. feel like. And or at least he, he's naked a lot. He hangover. made his career on it. 
Yeah. He unfolds it, and he has this note on Greendale Stationery that says, Hello, my name is Kevin. I have Changnesia. And that's the end of the first episode of season four. He's all wet, too, and the note is all wet. At least I really don't like the Changnesia stuff. I don't either, but at least that reveal makes you think, like, wait, what the f*** are they doing? It almost makes you think, are they going to go further somehow with Chang in a way that could potentially work but we'll very maybe it's because i can't don't. unknow right how much i dislike it's the it, same with like I the chang dynasty so. stuff last season yeah and i would take that over this right. any day of the week and you can't the writers are left with such an how are they supposed to write their way out of that storyline that was left to them by a creator who's no longer there in a way that keeps chang around every episode right mm-hmm All right, so we're running long. Let's talk about the end of this episode, this end tag. Antics 101, it's for women only. Uh, Basically, the joke is that Troy and Abed dress up as women pretty badly and are allowed right into the class. I will say Abed's wig is is pretty good. Troy's is not. On his head. No. Troy's is pretty bad. In his stubble and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dean stops them, and they think they're not going to get away with it, but it's just to comment their dresses. Uh, uh, and then Britta comes in, tries to get into the class, and, and, and the dean keeps calling him, him, sir. And then Shirley comes out of the class and says, oh, lord, no, and winks into the camera. You said you like half of this in tag. Is that true? I like the first part where Troy and Abed are in drag and come up and I can't, like I can't even give you that. I don't like the drag stuff. I don't think the actors performing it liked it. I don't like making jokes like that about Britta. And the Shirley thing at the very end feels like it's supposed to be a reference to something that doesn't work at all. Um, earlier in the episode, she Trilla says, said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, no. Lord. Yeah, that's okay. the joke, Zach. It was a callback. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Um, it's when you reference something from either earlier in the episode or a previous episode or season of the show. And Stephen, that's the end of the episode. I do not it feel is. better about this episode than I did before. If anything, the most positive I've ever felt about this episode was the first time I rewatched it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Every time since then, it's gone down and down and down. Do you still say that there are worse episodes of Community than this one? Yes. We have never, ever on an episode been like, all of this is bullshit in the way that we are right now. A little bit some, but not like this. I really don't like the Celebrity Impressions episode, and I really don't like the Schmitty episode. The Schmitty episode But at least is... the Schmitty episode feels like an episode of the same show. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Okay. So you don't think it's the worst episode. I think it's the worst episode we've covered so far. And I think it might be the second worst episode of Community. Wow. What do you have as the worst? I think the season four finale. Mm. But in this episode that's so problematic, that's so controversial, who is our MVP? Who gets the first MVP of the season? I've been going back and forth a lot. I've thought about several. I think... I don't know. I think I'm going to give it to Abed. Okay. It was either Abed or Jeff. I think Abed looks better by the end of the episode, maybe because he doesn't have that many lines throughout the episode. I think the Abed art kind of works for me. Him being holed up in his head and imagining his life as a sitcom would have been a funny community uh, idea in any season. Uh, Danny Pudi delivers this new version of community writing just as well. It still feels like Abed, even if it's not the ideal Abed. I'll give it to Abed. What about you, Steven? Um, I went with Jeff this week. I think that he 
stood out more so to me than anyone else. I sure. mean, I don't think honorable that it mention was a to Annie too. Sorry, I would like to give an honorable mention to Annie. Allison Brie I thought did Annie great. was fine this episode. Just I not didn't an MVP. think that she like jumped out. Yeah, I didn't think she, she didn't jumped out too episode, much to me, but, but she did, did a good job. Um, but I feel like Jeff handled his part well. He was trying to keep all his friends together, and he's just trying to like. I don't know. I thought Jeff was a good guy in this episode. I didn't. I, I do too. I don't too have any. It's a good him. version of Jeff. I think something that we'll find in season three is typically Jeff isn't exactly the issue in an episode. I think they do mm. Jeff this season pretty well. Yeah. That being said, next week we're moving forward into the murky waters of season four, an episode that I do feel much better about than this episode. An episode that will give me a lot of faith that this new creative team can handle. A, a new version of community next week we're talking about season four episode two paranormal parentage it's this season's halloween episode the pierce haunted house episode and i'm excited to discuss it i'm excited honestly like this was a rocky episode to talk about but it is a new version of community and i'm gonna have fun tearing it apart well yeah and i think we've we've covered at least in some degree this episode and next week's episode at some point during our show so there far. are quite so a few episodes to into yeah other territory ones this season that i haven't seen since they aired yeah well totally. that might be true that might not be true i think i've, I've re- not since i watched through it one time like all the way through yeah and it's been a while it might yeah it's been since high school that i've seen some of these episodes mm-hmm. And I'm excited. So next week, Paranormal Parentage. Send us in some trivia, your episode MVP, your favorite funny moment, and an addendum to that with season four. Write us in a little bit about your frustrations or uh, 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 defendings of season yeah. four, episode there two. There are a lot of people that really like season four. Tell us why. And I don't think they're wrong. I do no. think maybe it's rose-colored glasses a little bit. I think there's some issues that are impossible to ignore. But I think if you watch season four... Uh, not knowing anything that had happened behind the scenes and enjoyed it just as much. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but write us in, podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do here, support us on Patreon. Plans start at $5 a month at patreon.com slash podcast. We do our live pre-show every week. You can't disappoint pre-show. We do all kinds of stuff. We've got extra podcasts. We've done episodes of Scrubs over there. And we're talking about starting a new exclusive to the Patreon weekly rewatch show so all new stuff coming all the time over patreon go check us out steven where else can the people find us um you can find us on twitter over at you can't disapod uh send us all your beef with us or with season four or the show in general over there um we're also on instagram over under the name can't disappoint podcast um just kidding no wait that's right what did you say you said Instagram I said can't, can't disappoint, disappoint podcast that's right yeah but well, you right. started to say the full podcast name, but that's I, not right. Yeah. You're fine. But under, uh, no, no, I did not. Keep going. Zach, I I'll started to say at gmail.com. Um, God, this is damn the point it. of the show where God I'm already reading it. my emails and stuff. It's Let's, true. Uh, keep going. Um, we're over on Instagram, over at Can't Disappoint Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I want to give a shout out really quick also if you didn't check out our season three roundtable because you typically, I don't know, I could see why you might skip bonus episodes just to listen yeah. to the episode, the episodic rewatch episodes. But I think our roundtable that we just did is the best that type of discussion we've had yet. And I've really liked all of them. Uh, we got really in depth talking about what did and didn't work about season three with a really great panel of people. And you can watch the video version on YouTube. So if you want to go check mm-hmm. that out, I highly recommend you do. It was a lot of fun. And I hope you stick around next week as we go through season four together. Paranormal Parentage, can't wait. And that's it. We've done it. Let's end this podcast from inside the Dreamatorium. Black Lives Matter. 
Uh, I hope a ball joke comes to each and every one of you. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next week. Season Catch four, a new season. Flop. We'll see you new all next week. Year. Do your homework. Wear those two straps. Strap strap on. Just two get that strap on. on. Straps on all the ways. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye, friends. Greendale babies forever. Greendale babies will be right back. Forever.